All right, good evening. Welcome to another episode of Crypto with English. And today, I'd like to introduce to you all a panel of highly accomplished special guests. And we are going to deep dive into a very particular NFT project, go through the ins and outs and the significance and uh, what makes this particular project special, especially in an era where there's an NFT project coming out every two seconds. So often when people are looking to build a portfolio, looking to get into that space, generally speaking, how do you filter the quality from the not so quality? So I'd like to introduce to you all a quality project and our guest. So I'd like to introduce first and foremost, Lynn Marler. She is the chair of the Boston Blockchain Association and she's the executive uh, in residence of the Global Blockchain uh, Business Council. Secondly, I'd like to introduce Lisa Fostick, the co-founder of NFT for Charity.io, and she is also the chair of the South Shore uh, Crypto Club. And Will Necht, he is the chairman and chief brand ambassador of the Wendell August Forge. And this is a company that has a very, very long history and legacy. So we are going to unpack essentially something with a significant history, and you can almost see a heraldry at this point, going into this Web3 space with a collection. So I'd like to warmly you know, welcome all of you, and please, I'd like to pass the mic to the three of you uh, to you know, expand upon your background a bit more and tell everybody more about your backgrounds. I'll be a gentleman and let you two go. You guys are way more interesting than I am. <laughs> Well, not not really, but um, we, we have an innovator in our in our midst, a really visionary. So that's how we got here. But um, my background is traditional finance, and actually, this opportunity came up about a year ago, uh, and I was just so uh, passionate about uh, Will as the chairman of this company and what he was trying to accomplish, and the fact that I really had not been down the NFT um, journey or path. And I was super excited about the opportunity. And so um, that's how I got involved in this project. Uh, as I said, my background is traditional finance. I did take a blockchain course in 2018 uh, and have been down the blockchain um, and crypto and you know metaverse marketplace since about 2018. Awesome, awesome. Well, Lynn and I met through that journey. Um, my background is in the promotional products, branding space and marketing. And in 2013, I bought my first Bitcoin on Coinbase back when it was all new and, you know, the, still the Wild West back then um, and dedicated myself as a lifelong learner to follow the evolution of the technology, which evolved into blockchain, which has evolved into NFTs and now is, you know, leading into Web3. So um, how I met Will and Lynn is in the promotional product space, which is a multi-billion dollar industry, I wanted to bring innovation into that space and into that conversation. So hosted a promo panel with Lynn um, that Lynn invited Will to, and Will being the amazing visionary and business innovator that he is, um, worked with us to launch this journey of the Wendell August NFT, which is super cool by the way, and. I hope we get to show it off on the show tonight. So Adam, uh, again, my name is Will and I'm with an old school manufacturer. I'm probably the least likely guy to be on your show uh, of any guest you've had. Uh, I have been uh, in the crypto space buying crypto since about early 2020. But uh, a year ago, probably about this time, I couldn't spell NFT. And uh, how I, I got to where we are in this journey is I was literally in the living room with my son and he was all fired up. He's 22 at the time. Cameron is his name. And dad, you've got to come over. I'm, I'm doing the reveal on my on my NBA Top Shot NFTs. And I'm like, you're doing what? And so he called me over to his phone. He's showing me these NBA Top Shot NFTs. And I'm like, what in the world is this anyway? I began just, at, again, I'm an old school manufacturer. If you'd come into our factory in Western Pennsylvania where we make all of our metal giftware at Wendell August, you'll see ball-peen hammers, anvils, uh, you know, and, and American craftsmen making metal giftware. So the NFT space wasn't really even on our radar until I was in Puerto Rico, that same time that Lynn and Lisa were having their conference that I joined from Puerto Rico uh, at an NFT metaverse and a metaverse conference. 
and I'm sitting at him in the audience and there's these 20 and 30 year olds. Literally, I'm the oldest person there by 25 years, probably. Nobody else had gray hair. I'll tell you that. Um, and uh, I'm in the audience and these young photographers and young artists are speaking about their NFT projects and how their collectibles are just going gangbusters. And I began to see a connection with a 99-year-old manufacturing company, Wendell August, which is what we are, and this new digital collectible space, this new digital art space, this new you know, uh, value proposition in the, digital, in the digital world. Because we've been doing collectibles and art and gifts for 99 years. And so we wanted to see how we could take, you know, put our, our, our foot in the, in the water our toe in the water in NFTs in the collectible and art space. And I met these two wizards in uh, Lynn and Lisa, and they have shepherded and led our journey uh, to the point where we had our, our minting on July 14th, tremendously successful. We're about to close out. I think on Monday um, we're estimating that we're going to sell out the first phase of the release and close it and then re-release it later in the year. So we're real excited. Very nice. And, you know, when I look at, you know, this company, uh, Wendell August Forge, you know, and I'm a huge history nerd, so that's a disclaimer I'll put out there. But, you know, it, it certainly represents something that is very powerfully American, uniquely American. And, uh, you know, throughout the history of this great country, the manufacturing ecosystem, the manufacturing engine of, uh, of this country very much was the life force and driving force into really creating history as as we know it. So, you know, as I guess you could say as an outsider, you know, looking at this project, you know, it does have a, a certain sense of a warm nostalgia. So and this kind of goes into my uh, my follow up question with the Wendell August NFT collection. What themes, um, what you know, you could say sim symbolism. What ideas do you wish to convey through uh, NFTs and NFT art? Yeah, let, let, me, let me jump on that because I think the first thing we are looking to do in this project is bigger than just the art, Adam, and that is to introduce a new uh, group of people to the NFT space just as my son has done for me. Because right. as, as Lynn Lisa and I look at this, this is a significant part of our future moving forward. And 56-year-old guys like me uh, don't know what's going on. So part of what we're trying to do is introduce the cool grandma, the cool grandpa, cool mom and dad to this NFT space to begin to relate to the 20- and 30-year-old children and grandkids who are already all over this space and collecting and buying and, and, and holding and trading uh, these NFTs. So our first objection, objective was around education and introduction. And as we look at the art itself, uh, Lynn and Lisa posed that question to me. Hey, well, okay, great idea. You want to get into NFTs, but what do you want the art to represent? And, and we bounced around a, a couple of different uh, ideas as it related to the artwork and then what we came down with, again, to connect the old world of American manufacturing and craftsmanship with this new world of digital art, we thought that what we would utilize is the uh, artwork uh, for our most iconic product year in and year out at Wendell August, and that's our annual Christmas ornament. Adam, that we, uh, we will hammer and, and sell thousands and thousands of those to dedicated cuts. Hey, there's one. I love oh, it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's literally metal. You're, you're, it's done in aluminum, bronze, copper, sterling. It's, it's just amazing. And so what we decided to do is use the artwork, the original artwork. I think it was a watercolor, if I remember correctly. Use that artwork as the inspiration for our first NFT. Again, with that desire to tie the old world our, our Christmas ornament to the new world. And, and again, the word that we use that others use is the new digital world. And our NFT is a direct representation of this digital world. And, and we're, you know, shockingly, this small manufacturer in Western Pennsylvania, we're on the cutting edge of this. And we have people uh, looking to us and our project as an example 
of what brands can do in this space that aren't traded on uh, the NASDAQ or aren't traded on the New York Stock Exchange. We're a regular company. We're a small business. We are the cornerstone of America. And if a little company like we, you know, Wendell August can do it, others can do it as well. And we are on a mission to help educate not only other consumers to get into this space, but other brands to embrace this future for what it is. Very, uh, you know, very well said. And, uh, you know, I, I can't think of too many other things that are kind of more universal than the Christmas ornament, you know, throughout, you know, throughout U.S. history. And in fact, it's so universal, it doesn't even matter, you know, re regardless of where you're from. It, this is something that people are drawn to, people gravitate to. And it, naturally, it's, it's, it's a part of the year that kind of brings out the uh, better halves, you know, of, of, of ourselves. So I, I think it's a wonderful symbol, um, kind of as the flagship for this as well. Um, as a question to that, did you receive any pushback from people, considering the fact that, you know, August, you know, August, you know, when the August Forge, traditional manufacturing company, wants to, let's say, migrate into the NFT space, not even just migrate into the NFT state space, but also carry and articulate almost a, you know, a very, like, you, know, you could say either, you know, antiquated or, you know, kind of very, you know, um, almost a... Uh, an old school type of, you know, you could say theme to things. Because often, you know, and this isn't a critique one way or the other, you know, often you see NFT uh, projects, it's like kind of the more outrageous, uh, mm. the better. And what I mean by that is it seems like everybody's trying to top the next person. And that's why you see so many copycats, you know, out there as well. Um, so, yeah, you know, going to that point, did you receive pushback? Like, hey, listen, Will, what are you doing? You're taking a Pennsylvania-based manufacturing, a forge, you know, creating, you know, metallic, pro you know, metal products, you're going into the space and you're putting out Christmas trees. Like, did people, like, did you receive any, put I mean, I like it. What I'm saying is, you know, there's always going to be critics and skeptics and it's mostly from people who don't do things. You know, it's not people who are actively doing things. I think people who are actively doing things actually tend to have a more open mind. But I know with a lot of entrepreneurs, there is always some sort of either like, I don't know if it's like a Greek chorus or something, but there's always like, really, you're going to do that? This is a little, a little much, you know, type of thing. Yeah. And, and again, I, I think you saw Lynn, Lisa and I all laughing at that because I, I think, you know, I work with some of the smartest and best people you'll ever meet. I mean, people yeah. that are just phenomenal people. They thought we were crazy. Yeah. You're doing what? We're going to be marketing what? What's an NFT and why are we doing it? And it yeah. is, you know, so those are some of my colleagues who have now embraced the concept and seen uh, what the future can be. But the initial reaction, literally, and again, some family members outside of my son, who thought it was the coolest thing ever. Uh, all my kids thought it was amazing. I have an 18 year old, a 20, now a 23 and a 28 year old. They thought I was the coolest guy ever for doing this. Oh, I bet, yeah. And uh, they were some of our earliest purchasers when we minted on the 14th. But uh, outside of that group, uh, I think Lynn, Lisa, and I were looked at as a bit crazy to, to kick off this project uh, uh, with, with an old, old manufacturing company. It still makes great stuff. I mean, we make killer stuff, and you know, we've got thousands of customers worldwide that, that buy our product. I had right. one customer. I remember, do you remember, Lisa or Lynn, when we got the email from the customer? You guys are crazy. I'm so sad you're doing this. You're yes. ruining your company. Yeah. Why are you doing this? Yeah, I promise right. we're not. <laughs> so anyway, yeah. Adam, that, that's a, uh, I smile when you ask that question because no question we did, right? But again, all innovation, all new frontiers, you have to expect that pushback. You, and Absolutely. again, you, you revel in that because again, for Lisa, Lynn and I on this project, for us, it was even more important to embrace the educational aspect. It was like unbelievable opportunity. We have people just even in, in our building that right. need to know more about the digital future. Man, let's go after it and help, help educate. And now some of the biggest proponents of what we're doing are those same early skeptics. Right. And I think that I think that's wonderfully put. And, you know, I have to say, too, uh, you know, being in this space for a little while and you know, I'm, I'm probably up to almost 100 episodes at this point. And also, 
in various capacities as a, as a co-founder and as a consultant, I've come across, you know, many NFT projects, you know, a lot of them do try to aim to be very artsy. And I think, you know, the, you know, um, you know, crypto punks so or the board ape tends to be the template for that. I have to say, I have not seen another project doing what you're doing, uh, you know, essentially celebrating, you know, something, you know, the American, you know, the American manufacturing industry, so to say, you know, through, you know, through a Christmas ornament. That is, uh, I think that is something where, you know, if you were to crack open a history book and you're thinking back when you're a kid and you're learning all this stuff, you know, these are things that are very, very, you know, familiar to people. And I think, in fact, through something like this, you can get otherwise uninterested people interested in something like this. Because I think the problem is, you know, you know, not to, you know, not to be a dead horse here, but there is this issue of copycats where people, I think, are kind of exhausted by NFTs. And, and, and the reason why is it's because, you know, CryptoPunks, Bored Ape, and then you have all the doppelgangers and copies coming from that. You know, something like this, this, um, I think that kind of makes you pause for a moment, you know, so to say. And I think also seeing the roots of this, you know, a Western Pennsylvania forge and manufacturing company, I think people kind of are going to be a bit more trusting to that actually versus like oh is this other nft project is this just coming from a bunch of bros in a freaking garage you know on the west coast or something because that is kind of like a lot of the reflexive you know for, you know i guess reactions from people you know it, that's what they think like so you know something like this it's like wow something's different here something is uh you know very uh something very unique is is, is at work and uh you know I certainly, uh, you know, I certainly like uh, where you're coming from with this. Well, thank you. And I'd love to turn it over to Lisa, who describes the project and the actual NFT. Uh, I've seen it a hundred times and been involved in day one. But when I hear Lisa explain and, and, and describe how we got to where we are and what the NFT is, I, I get all excited again. So, Lisa, do you mind just sharing a little bit about the actual NFT and, and how we got to where we are? Sure, I would love to. I mean, this is such an exciting project. And Adam, to some of your points, some of our choices were deliberate in finding a way to bridge this legacy brand into yeah. the NFT space and allow uh, Wendell August customers a frictionless, approachable, familiar way to uh, enter into NFTs by having the physical piece, as Will mentioned. But what I love about the piece, the NFT itself, many things, but it's gorgeous. It's a gorgeous piece of 3D art on its own. So we took a watercolor uh, that was the inspiration for the ornament that we just looked at, and we turned that into a 3D object, really a Christmas lantern, almost like a music box snow globe mashup. Right. And we uh, assembled an international team to create this really like a Fabergé egg is the way I think of this gorgeous 3D object. And there are attributes in the piece, the star on the tree sparkles, for example. There's a fire in the fireplace. The detail on the tree, the wreath, the wrapping on the wrapping paper on the gifts. You can zoom right in and see the amazing detail that the 3D artists built into the model and the textures. So we have 5,000 super unique individual. We have different metal finishes. We have 15 super rares. Um, and it really is like buying a piece of jewelry when you mint one of the NFTs. And it mints, it reveals on mint, Adam. So you don't know what you're going to get until it, it and there's a bird uh, cardinal that sits outside the NFT looking into the scene. So wow. it, it's really an engaging, um, gorgeous piece of 3D art on its own. Yeah, I was gonna say, it's very quite layered. It's like a kaleidoscope it's of layered. sorts. Yes, yeah. yes. And um, when you mint your serial number, your minting number is actually engraved on a gold plate inside the NFT. So we really went on a journey to make this approachable to collectors um, so that they would feel familiar with, oh, a serial number, I get that. One of one, you know, that serial right. number aspect. So um, the team really came together to make this approachable, um, gorgeous piece of art that people could own and display on their laptop 
and Adam, we're, you can also display it in the metaverse, which is which is really cool too. So, um, yeah. lots of cool things uh, about the NFT that we're super excited and passionate about. So, you know, for the uh, you know viewers' curiosity, if somebody was to you know purchase you know uh, a piece of the Wendell August uh, NFT project, could they bring this you know into Decentraland? Could they bring this into the sandbox? You know, some of those, I guess you could say, current uh, you know metaverse. Well, uh, structures that is an awesome question and we're not quite to decentraland and sandbox yet that okay. would be quite a coup if we were able to partner with them to have our nft be operable in their environments uh right now you could see it in frame for example or in a spatial gallery that type yep. of um immersive environment got it and, uh, you know, for these NFTs, um, you know, of course, uh, you know, the underlying technology, uh, what are you working with? And, uh, you know, which blockchain did you opt to, uh, you know, push forward with? Uh, Lynn, do you want me to answer that? You guys uh, well, well, we put it on Ethereum, right? Yeah. And it's a smart contract. Uh, and we, you know, I think there were some uh, interesting things about it as we walked through the process, because one of the things as we started out, uh, Will was, you know, wanting this frictionless experience. So we found the DevOps folks who actually, you know, wrote all the contracts, right? And <clears throat> we also decided in the process that because we were serving almost two audiences, one was a Wendell August customer who had purchased, you know, gifts before, uh, who didn't really know the NFT marketplace. So there was also educational materials that we had out there on the website to help them through that process. And the other market was the NFT marketplace who knew, didn't know the name Wendell August. So we, we were serving two markets, but one of the key things I think that, that also makes this unique is that uh, Will wanted a frictionless environment. And yep. I have to say that, you know, you could go to their website uh, mint the NFT. Obviously, it's generative, so you don't know exactly what you're going to get. You can pay with a credit card or ETH, watch you through the whole process, and then you got an email back, basically, with your uh, NFT. Right. And, you know, I mean, the, the whole thing was just so simple. Um, and I think that was something that uh, was very attractive to the existing clients of Wendell August, because predominantly they're not traditional, you know, NFT gamers or, uh, you know, pump and dump or whatever, you know, they're not gamers, right. not, that's not the traditional buyer. So uh, those things were really, I think, set it apart as well uh, from the, as well as the art, because the art was just amazing. Absolutely amazing. Right. And, uh, you know, you have the Christmas ornament piece. What other types of uh, pieces uh, do you have in mind for the future? You know, especially being Wendell, uh, Wendell August Forge. I mean, I feel like there's so many directions as far as an NFT collection, especially things that are kind of, you know, uniquely historically, you know, American. You know, I mean, you can even start with automobiles, for instance. There's so much to, you know, uh, so much to, you know, work with there. Um, I was kind of wondering, what are your thoughts on that? That's a, that's a great question. Part of the utility that we're building in is we're going to let our Genesis collection buyers help us frame what the next phase of life will be. But you're, you're hitting, you know, the nail on the head in terms of what are the unique aspects as an American manufacturer? So there are two, two real things in the consumer space that, that, that mark us. One is holiday, right? We, we do a lot of Christmas. We do a lot of Easter. We do a lot of Fourth of July, as you can imagine, being an American manufacturer. Um, and then in the business, to be, so we're looking at, 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 at that Americana space, yeah. the holiday space, things of that nature that, that would resonate and make a lot of sense for us. At the same time, there's a B2B play in this. And, and, and again, Lisa has been a champion in this. And, and Lisa, you know, Lisa and Lynn basically have taken a guy who is ignorant. They've been my guides through this entire process and sort of been the shepherds of, of, of this process uh, with their firm and with what, what they do to, to help companies like us go and get real in this. And so um, we in the B2B space, we believe there's a big opportunity uh, to do branded merch and, and uh, things of that nature. And that's really 
Lisa, I mean, literally Lisa and Lynn are in their industries, the renowned experts in finance and in promotional uh, product space. You're talking to two of the geniuses in the, in, in the, uh, in, in the uh, you know, digital world. And so we see that as an opportunity because we're also playing in that space as well, where we do branded materials, branded giftware recognition pieces. I don't know if that answers your question or it's a long-winded wow. but you know, it, it's going to be utility. Help us find this, you know, what our next phase of life, 5,000 buyers, help us figure this out. But it should be around the Americana, the holiday, or branded right. merch. Yeah. Right, Lynn, Lisa? Yeah, isn't that digital, digital, digital branded merch. So, you know, creating apparel and um, things that can be worn by an avatar or displayed, you know, at a conference in the metaverse or at a golf event, uh, ready player golf event, that type yeah, of sure. thing. Um, and then those things can also be minted as NFTs. So they have pedigree to go along mm -hmm. with them. And, you know, there's so many applications, Adam, there's um, embedded, um, you know, sensors that we can put into the merch. And then there's retargeting marketing that can go along with that merch. Um, right. there, there's, there's so many applications that the three of us um, get excited about the vision of what's next for Wendell August, but also for other brands and other legacy brands who don't want to see their companies sort of left on the sidelines when right. uh, as all of this emerges and develops, you know, five years from now, the way we interact with branded um, merchandise is going to be very different than it is today. So we, we want to be ahead of that. And, you know, there was also something very interesting about this Genesis collection, and that is that not only you got an NFT, but you got, uh, I don't know if you can see my coin. All right. And, and it has it actually has the the uh, the same type of look. Yeah. Nice. And on the back, it kind of is a Wendell August coin. So, you know, a lot of uh, I mean, interestingly enough, even though people want something in the NFT world or whatever. But, you know, it's kind of like you can go somewhere and look. I mean, you know, hey, right. I got my I got my coin. I mean. We think that, that that also represents an awful lot of opportunity down the road, whether it's, um, you know, some sort of Wendell August club or, you know, I'm a frequent buyer or I get free access. You know, they, they a lot of the Wendell August material, uh, you can buy their products at places like the Biltmore or the White House or whatever. So, you know, wouldn't it be great to walk in and say, oh, and, you know, I got one of their coins, too. You know, I have a physical product. So I think blending those also brings up a whole nother, you know, marketplace where you've got, a, a, you know, a physical product, you've got merchandise, merchant, physical merchandise and right. merchandise, digital merchandise. Right. So we can all wear our Wendell August hats in the metaverse with our, at our frame <laughs> meeting, showing off all of our NFTs and I'm, you know, our physical, right. Right. Well, yeah. and another cool application, Adam, that we've worked on for um, our project is to display your Wendell August piece in your in a home in the metaverse. So you're in your living room, and it's all decorated for Christmas, and you're you're in there as an avatar with your pals, and right. you can actually see this object on the coffee table or on the mantle or on the kitchen counter. So that's really fun, and we're also we didn't launch a big roadmap out of the gate because we know many NFT projects do that, but there's really no substance behind it. And we wanted to evolve into it. Um, but we could see the lantern lighting up and having different powers and different attributes in the metaverse that give it um, uniqueness. So those are all things that can come on down the line as we grow the brand the NFT brand for Wendell August. Right. And I have a follow-up question to this, and this one is a, a bit more on the philosophical side, but I think this will illuminate and add further context to uh, this NFT collection. So um, any of you three, please uh, you know, take this question in whichever order you'd like. But what about American manufacturing do you feel that, let's say, people, society has taken, you know, taken for granted and, uh, you know, one thing I can at least throw out there, it seems like regardless of whatever your, let's say, political orientation is, people seem to universally agree 
when uh, the United States was the manufacturing hub of the world, we had a much more stable society. You know, uh, the economy was, was stable. The, you know, the currency was stable. Expectations were, were reasonable. Um, people seem to reminisce and actually think good things when it comes to American manufacturing. And I think it's kind of one of these things where it's like, oh, everything has now been outsourced to every corner of the world. And it's, you know, people universally are, un are unhappy with that. <laughs> I think regardless of where, you're, where you are in the U.S., this is something I think a lot of people almost feel a little hurt by. Even, even I would say, even from a cultural point of view, it's like, hey, we were making everything at one point in the world. What the hell happened? Yeah. Right. Do you mind if I take this? Because I'm really passionate, as you can imagine, yeah. uh, owning an American manufacturer. The first thing I think we have lost that we need to restore is the nobility of working in manufacturing and, and creating yeah. something, making something with your hands, whether it be on an assembly line or in a workshop like Wendell August. Mm -hmm. It is a noble calling. You know, we're all different. I mean, look at the four of us on this call. We all have different backgrounds. We're all doing different things in our, our lives. We've been created uniquely. And, and there is a bunch of people. There are a bunch of people who have been created to work with their hands, to make things. And that is noble. And I think, you know, in this day and age where everybody feels they've got to be white collar or working in digital or trading on, on Wall Street, we've lost the nobility. And, and just the honor uh, that we uh, that, that are due people who work in manufacturing. So I would start there. Uh, the nobility of the American worker, the uh, absolute uh, brilliant. I mean, our uh, our craftsmen uh, are some of the most sophisticated and smart people you'd meet looking for better ways because they know that we're paying them a lot more than competitors in Mexico and China and India, where all of our competitors are, Adam, China, Mexico, India. And so what do we have to do? We have to be smarter. We have to be more effective in how we do things. And that's exactly what our, our craftsmen are thinking about every single day. And so that nobility is so central to American manufacturing. But let's look to the strategic aspect of, of what outsourcing, how it's hurt us recently. I mean, you think of the supply chain issues. Why? Yeah. I mean, that, there, there it is. The right. supply chain issues that we are facing today are because we have outsourced so much of our manufacturing processes and goods that we are stuck if we can't get stuff from China or India or Mexico or wherever. And if, if, if there's a port strike in LA, the rest of the country is shut down. Right. There is a strategic importance in the United States of America to reshore our manufacturing so that we can stand as an American people, as, as a society, and be reliant on ourselves as we were for, what, 150, 160 years of, yeah. of, our, of our life cycle as a nation. And so we have to bring back manufacturing. We see the limitations of only going on price. And again, I, you know, I, get, I get approached all the time to go create our product overseas. I probably get four to five outreaches a year uh, from uh, Chinese manufacturers. Hey, I love your product. I can make it a lot cheaper. You know, click, go away. <laughs> We're an American manufacturer and daggum proud of it. Yeah. And so the nobility of the American worker needs to be reestablished. The, the strategic importance of American manufacturing cannot be understated. And the third thing, Adam, you say it so well, it's the pride in buying something made in America. It is yeah. the pride to say, you know, my countrymen, <laughs> my fellow American made this. And oftentimes, you know, for us, it's someone in Western Pennsylvania being able to say, you know what, one of my neighbors made this. Or yeah. someone, you know, uh, from the Pennsylvania area who live in, you know, Boston now can look at and say, you know what, I, I was born and raised in Pennsylvania. This, this was made there. There is yeah. a pride in, in America that we need to restore. This is the greatest nation in the history of the world. You know, it, it, the, the, the Constitution talks about a more perfect union, not a perfect union. We have incredible problems in this nation, 
But we uniquely are, are and again, I'm getting, I'm going off because I love this country. Please. But we as a nation are uniquely positioned and we are uniquely enabled to solve our problems together, to not fear being shot by you know, those who oppose us or imprisoned because we have beliefs that are differing from the ruling class. That is what a more perfect union is all about. And as we look at this problem of needing to reshore American manufacturing, we need to look at it and say, you know what? We've got to solve this supply chain problem. And part of it is bringing jobs back to America. Good paying jobs. Again, it's not just the haves and the have nots. We need a solid middle class that built this country, that are the backbone of this country. We need to rebuild that. And one of the greatest ways to do it is in manufacturing. I was talking to a colleague uh, who owns a 160 plus year old manufacturing company in America. He's 65 years old. He's shutting the doors in in a matter of months, possibly, because he can't find workers. He can't find uh, anyone to potentially buy his business. My goodness, we should be ashamed of that. Yeah. We should be rallying around that company and bringing that company back, saving that that type of company. 165 years of, of history. And again, it could go all away in a matter of a few months. That that, that is to me disgraceful. I, I I sorry if I jumped all over. This no, question, please, no. I'm this actually, this I'm actually very about this enlightening. Question. Yeah, you know, um, I have to say, first of all, that was beautifully put. And you know, I I think unfortunately we're not necessarily you know us, but you know, as a society, we're kind of reaping what we sow. And you know, you know, as you pointed out, you know, certainly you know, American history has plenty of. Uh, Plenty of stains, plenty of mishaps, plenty of bad things, you know, w- without a doubt. You know, I think we can all concede that. Uh, however, I, I, you know, I, I think if we were to look at even some of the more recent history, um, people and s- let's say small businesses, generally speaking, um, have a vested interest in the communities that they're located in. You know, so, you know, if you look at, let's say, the post-war buildup in the United States, so right after World War II, so you're thinking like the end of the Truman administration, then you had um, Eisenhower, and then you had, I'm sorry, you had Kennedy. During those times, I don't think there was such a large amount of distrust between, let's say, people and commerce. You know, I could at least say if, let's say, if I was to go out to Western Pennsylvania, if I need to buy, you know, some sort of metal piece or an ornament, I at least feel comfortable knowing the fact that you're not going to give me a lemon. Your, you know, your ecosystem, your coexistence is the immediate, you know, community around you. You know, Walmart is not going to per se feel that way, you know, towards wherever they open up, you know, business. And I think one of the unfortunate things, and this has been going on for about 40 years, it's almost kind of accepted, almost this malaise or apathy. You see manufacturing communities disappearing you know, being wiped out because there's no jobs and then you have, you know, alcoholism, you know, drug abuse, domestic violence, families, you know, families breaking up. It almost seems expected. And, you know, it, I, I'm sure if you if we were to think of other times, it's like I guess if, I guess if Eisenhower or Kennedy were around, I mean, I, I don't think they would know how to comprehend that, you know, so, you know, so to say. And, uh, you know, I think celebrating something like this, um, you know, I think this is a meaningful direction towards, I think, uh, you know, I think our culture celebrating that once again, the, uh, the gritty, you know, you could say craftsman, the artisan, you know, uh, I, I, I mean, listen, you know, you know, the World War II buildup in the United States was from the conveyor belts in the factories. You know, it wasn't from Wall Street back then. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's, you know, they don't particularly produce anything, you know, so to say. Um, and, and, you know, I will say, you know, as we are talking right now, I never understood, you could even almost call it a fetish or the obsession of, I guess you could say, of the ego or the status surrounding, let's say, you know, like, like a trading floor in an, in an investment bank. I personally, I rather work outside of my backyard. Like I have tons of projects. I think of projects to do all the time. I have a great tool collection. Like, you know, I actually am much happier outside, personally speaking. So, you know, actually making things. By hand, there is a certain, certain feeling of accomplishment from that. I'm also a dad as well, so trust me, I'm 
put it together, fixing things all the time as well. There is a feeling from that that I don't, I don't think you're going to get from, let's say, having, let's say, a Goldman Sachs business card. Like, I'm sorry. Like, I'm saying it like it is. Like, I don't have, let's say, that feeling from, like, a business card. But if, let's say, you know, I fix something that I did myself and I didn't have to call anybody to do it, A, I taught myself that, and B, it's like, wow, I, I fixed this. You know, like, this is – this belongs to me now. I own this. This is and there. There are there are millions of women and men across America who are wired that exact way, and we need to provide an outlook uh, or an opportunity that for them economically to to utilize those skills. There, you know, the, the person who is is killing it on Wall Street, man, go after it. I'm, you know, I love that too. Sure. This is the land of opportunity, equal opportunity, and we love that. We celebrate that. Jeff Bezos, I applaud you for what you've built. But we've got to remember there are millions of people who work in, with their hands and make coins and Christmas ornaments like Craftsman at Wendell August Forge. And at the same time, though, it is important for us as companies in America to stay competitive, to always be right. looking forward, to always be looking to innovate, to change, to adapt. And that's what we're trying to do uh, at Wendell August. And, and, and that's what we are trying to do. Mix it. You know, we're never going to walk away, Lord willing, from our metal uh, artistry. Never. We, we, we right. will be making products in metal, Lord willing, for the next 100 years. But we're also going to have a component of, of, of the digital, of the NFTs. And right. we will be playing in the metaverse. And we will yeah. be doing both because part of the greatness of America is innovation is moving forward. And that is what we're trying to do. And again, it, it's sometimes lonely. It's sometimes hard. It's sometimes frustrating. It's sometimes you get crazy looks and, and right. but it's worth it. It is absolutely worth it. And again, to get excited about America, and I, I might be boring your viewers and I apologize. They're talking about crypto. No, I don't, th I don't think so. No, I, I, think, uh, I think this is very enlightening. I think uh, viewership definitely appreciates that. And especially because the viewership um, is quite global. Um, as well. And I'll tell you this, uh, not to say I'm an expert or anything like that. Even as we are speaking to each other today in 2022, most people still generally have a very positive feeling about Americans. Don't get me wrong. There's still, there's, there's still people who are just going to hate regardless. But, you know, the things that we did in history um, are, are things that are still very much celebrated and acknowledged mm -hmm. in any continent, you know, across the world. You know, uh, you know, we could talk about the Constitution. We could talk about World War II. You know, we could talk about a whole. We could talk about Silicon Valley. Like these are very aspirational uh, things that really kind of light the fire inside of you know, uh, you know, of a lot of people. So you know, I think you know, celebrating these themes is great. And you know what? This is just an observation of mine. But you know, often as we hear in you know finance news and just news in general, the inequalities, the vast inequalities, more so than ever, between, let's say, haves and have-nots. And it seemed like in American history, when the economy was still mostly manufacturing, it actually seemed like there was a more balanced socioeconomic system. You had more middle class, uh, you know, you had more people entering the middle class, more homeowners, more investors, you know, more uh, asset building you know, across the board. And then it seems like probably starting from the late 70s moving onward, as we move towards, let's say, the financial services, it seemed to be, it seemed to me anyway, and like I said, I'm a huge history nerd. It seems to me that's when it, at least in an obvious sense, you saw that distortion. Middle class is shrinking. And then you have, you know, the hyper wealthy. And then you have the hyper desperate and struggling. So I don't know if I'm right or wrong on that, but, you know, looking at this from the outside, it seemed like things were, it seems like at least upward mobility was achievable if you had the desire, even just the mere desire, you know, for it, you know, and. Adam, and, could I, could yeah, I chime in for a second on this sure. topic? Um, sure. Lynn and I are also super involved in education in the space and Will has been a great visionary and supporter of that. And what we, I don't want to speak for Lynn, but one of the things I see is a lot of accessibility, a lot of groups, Boston Blockchain, South Shore Crypto yep. Club, Cubic Labs and Quincy, all trying to make the education for the professionals that 
are required to build the metaverse, to build the NFT like we built, to make those educational tracks available to everybody. So it's affordable. And that may be one avenue to rebuilding the middle class and that we're offering this technology, this new frontier of professionalism and technology that anybody can take advantage of. And that's one of the things that I'm super passionate about is bringing this message to disadvantaged communities um, all around the country. And you mentioned globally. Um, You know, I'm super passionate about made in America craftsmanship. My husband's a mechanic. Um, I love the working with the hands. but I also see that we need to be thinking bigger in how do we roll this out to be accessible so our next generation of kids can create the middle class. So I just wanted to mention that I see that as a component of what we're building. Oh yeah, absolutely. And what you said is very well well put. And yes, let, yes, let well. me add to that real quick because I think what Lisa is saying is the power of the and. And this is what we as Americans need to embrace, in my humble opinion. And, right, those who are gifted with their hands need to have an outlet professionally to earn a living, decent wage working with their hands. Those who are are creative in their minds, this new digital space gives them a new frontier to pursue their passion, to code and learn and grow. To those who have succeeded wildly, they should be aspirational and celebrated as winners. Our job is to celebrate those who have been successful and to look at those who have been less successful or are struggling. And how do we provide a long-term solution to move from poverty, from everyday struggle, from paycheck to paycheck, to opportunity to be the best they can possibly be? I will never be Jeff Bezos. And I'm okay with that. I'm happy being a small manufacturer. I'm happy with that because that's who I am. That is how I am wired. And I think that's what we as America, that's one of the unique aspects is we need to create opportunity for every single human being and every life has dignity, every single human being to be all they are created to be. And as we continue to do that, the American experience continues to become a better and better and better place, a more perfect union. Mm-hmm. And again, we can't, you know, we demonize the wealthy. We should celebrate them and we should try to figure out ways others can join them. But we need to look at those less fortunate and say, you know what? It's incumbent upon me, not the government, me to help my family, to help my neighbors, to help those right. in my community. That's part of what we potentially could be losing in America. That's what built America. We need to get back to that. And again, we need to be innovative. That's the other thing that America has always led on. China steals. They look at what we're doing and they steal what our innovation takes. We need to continue to out-innovate, out-work, out-smart. And again, I have nothing against China. I love my country. I love this country. And I'm thankful to be an American. And again, at Wendell August Forge, we're just trying to do our little bit to maintain that, that, that manufacturing base that built America while at the same time looking forward to where, you know, the world is going. And so that's, again, coming back to the NFT project, getting me off my soapbox that I apologize for. No worries at all. And, and making it accessible. I think, well, one of the beauties of the project is we've made it accessible for everyone. Um, right. That the price point our- is accessible. Uh, is is acceptable? It's not. It's not outrageous. And um, you know, we did, when, it, when, we did it because I couldn't. In in December, when I got back from that NFT conference, I wanted to buy an NFT, Adam. I couldn't figure out how to do it. I didn't know how to build out my MetaMask <laughs> and twist my it's MetaMask. It's not intuitive. It's, it's a process. Like I remember and, when I first got my MetaMask account. Like, so when I asked. found it. Yeah, I'm when in the I space. Found, it's a pain in the ass. Yeah. So Lynn and Lisa, as they have crafted this project for us, you know, Lynn and Lisa have both used the term frictionless in their in their description. Yep. It's basically how do we make a dummy like Will able to buy one? And if, if it passes the will test, it'll pass any test. 
But again, that's important to bring this new technology. We have to make it accessible. And we have in this project. And surprisingly, it's extremely innovative, the fact that we're taking credit cards. Unbelievable. Right. I mean, people are like, what? I can buy with a credit card? I can do that. Yeah. I bought four in the first three minutes we were minting because I can figure it out. Just put it in my right. credit card. Got it. Done. I'm still trying to figure out how to buy that, that, that NFT from December. But anyway, <laughs> frictionless is allowing accessibility. Right. And I think, uh, and this is, you know, my observation, this is based on what the three of you have said. And, you know, perhaps they'll also put a finer tip on this. I do not include Web3 and blockchain into, you could say, the uh, transformation of society into kind of a crony, uh, you could say, financial instruments type of, you know, structure. I would say, in fact, um, if anything, blockchain and just the overall orientation of the industry has actually proven itself as solutions-based and as actually a very positive force for good, actually. And, yeah. uh, you know, you look at it, I mean, you could, you could look at almost any project in this, in this space. Um, there is so much intersection between, let's say, Web3 and, let's say, small business and manufacturing. There is actually, I feel, a great, you could say, almost... Uh, <laughs> a synergy between those two. I think blockchain, Web3, this can augment and scale a lot of smaller businesses. Um, and in fact, those smaller businesses are going to be otherwise excluded from, let's say, Wall Street, you know. Um, and because, uh, you know, blockchain and Web3 is so new and innovative, I feel, and I would even include myself in this category as well, it, is, it does greatly consist of people who are not happy with the way things have gone, myself included, you know, and if you, and you know, for me having, you know, other guests and getting to know all of you and even having my other, my other, um, you know, um, you know, guests on the show, uh, I have never met somebody who was just happy with the status quo with, with the way things are. Actually, I would say almost everybody I've met in this space has a deep desire to make things better. Uh, and I don't think you're not going to get that from, you know, Goldman Sachs, a guy on a trading floor. By the way, nothing against that. I agree. We should all aspire, you know, to be wealthy. But I think we could also all be honest about, yes, you know, the way, world, the, way, the, way, the way things are as well. Lynn's world there. Lynn, I hope you're not hearing all this, right? I know. <laughs> Lynn. Uh, well, you know, I will say I think that there's a big uh, problem in that, you know, kids today are driven to go to college. When you've got people making stuff like this that is so incredibly unique, that is so, you know, crafted and artists and artists, these are artists and these are, you know, professionals. And yet, you know, everybody wants everybody to go to college and have, you know, $300,000 worth of debt. I mean, yeah. I, you know, I don't believe in that. And, and I think we really have got to get back to, you know, mechanics who can work on cars that aren't so electric or, you know, that they can't figure out how to work them. Right. Kids who know how to make stuff, you know, oh, yeah. I, you know, when you try to find people to do work, whether it's carpentry work, small jobs, very challenging, you know, so we need to go back to that and we need to build a middle class because you're absolutely right. I mean, we don't have that. Um, having come from that world, you know, it's a challenging world because we. By the way, not to disparage anybody in that world either, but you know, um, simply, I, I think that is. I think what I have said, this is not unique to me as far as the sentiment. In fact, this is often echoed by a lot of people in the in the Web three, you know, in the Web three, uh, you know, space. And I think anybody who who enters this space is seeking to change something. And if you're seeking to change something, you're obviously going to take something off of somebody else's plate. So, you know, hence, well, you know, we, I think we have, a, we have a friction in society. Well, I want to mention, um, Lynn and I went to a fintech conference, Lynn, and, and what struck me from that conference um, yesterday or the day before was there was a gentleman on the conference speaking about making financial um, investments in crypto and blockchain accessible, yeah. having it being taught at the high school level. Mm -hmm. What is crypto? How do you buy crypto? What is blockchain? What? Why are these things important? 
Um, the same as if we should be teaching our kids how to buy stocks and how to open a bank yeah. account and how to have financial fiscal responsibility. Lynn, that really fired me up, that speaker yesterday, yeah. as he was talking about accessibility for, for everybody. And Adam, you mentioned it. If you have a phone, you can use crypto. You can have a wallet. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Folks who can't get to a bank, you know, the, the, the term bankless, the, the folks who are unbanked now. I was can... just about to say. Well, there's 2 billion unbanked and yeah. there's three and a half billion underbanked, meaning I might be able to use Western Union, but I can't get a loan for a car. Or if I right. want to start a business with a tractor, I can't get a, 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 you know, a, a loan for a tractor. So, I mean, the numbers are great about, And this is what's great about people who are never satisfied with the sa status quo. Right, they're pushing, pushing. Absolutely. We're yep. looking for better and smarter ways to do things. And I don't care if that's in the United States of America or in, you know, uh, Africa. As, that is what moves the world forward. And that is what moves the society forward. And I think it's those, you know, what did, uh, you know, think differently, you know, here's to the, what, what did Jobs say? Here's to the risk takers or whatever he said that, right. and that icon. And that's, that, you know, it, not to overbuild ourselves, but we need more people like that who are willing to push the envelope in education, in business, in politics, in finance, in, in the, uh, the, the digital world. And as we have people who are willing to push the envelope and do better and create new things, that's when uh, society moves forward. And, you know, whatever little part we're playing in it, Adam, with educating people on NFTs, I'm, I'm being, you know, I, I'm, I, you know, Lynn and Lisa speak literally daily at forums to educate people. I'm speaking in a very large company in August that they, they're on innovation. And, you know, I'm a little small little guy and this is a very large company and they want me to come in and share with them how a small company is, is, is embracing innovation. It's crazy. Yeah. But this is where we need to be. And this is who we are as Americans to provide the opportunity for everybody and to educate and to take care of each other. And that's what we're trying to do in this project. I very, Give me I very, the torch. I want to run. <laughs> no, I, I very much like that. And, you know, uh, I'm, you know, I am constantly, you know, either researching or I'm being bombarded with, you know, information. Like I am constantly reading about almost overnight self-made millionaires and billionaires in blockchain, in DeFi, coming out of nowhere. I can't think of any other industry where I see such... You could say rapid or hyperdrive type upward mobility, you know, like that from people who otherwise do not come from that background and then becoming prosperous and wealthy from that. I think, I believe that shows a lot of promise and, and in fact, hope for people. If you're in this space, if you're going to swing for the fences, you may have a shot at knocking out the, uh, the heavyweight title holder, you know, <laughs> you know, you know, compared to other industries, you know, you swing for the fences. You may land that haymaker, you know, <laughs> it's very, very promising to actually see that, you know, yeah. somebody who, let's say, bought a coin at the right time, somebody who made a dap that was very, very unique and nuanced, that was kind of overlooked by competitors and then somehow, you know, exploded, you know, seeing actually that type of success, I find that very inspiring, actually, and very, actually, in fact, very, very empowering. And, you know, um, like you said, Will, I think uh, much of, I think uh, maybe our time on earth is to actually take care of other people. And, uh, and I think if you have a lot, you're in a better position to take care of people, take care of your community. Like you said, I would not be comfortable writing a blank check to an agency. If I could actually just give the money myself or help somebody directly, that's what I'm going to do. And also, I also, I think I'm limited in patience anyway. That just might be a byproduct of just <laughs> being up here. But I'm thinking to myself, if I'm going to help somebody, I'm just going to do it, you know, directly. I'm not going to waste time. I mean, time is money. Time is, time is crucial for everybody, you know, so to say. And I think having that civic mindedness, as, as I think you've all said in varying degrees, that is something that has been lost. Um, you know, I have to say like over, over time. Uh, and I think also if, if we're building a society where we obsess over ourselves, it's all me, 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 social media, it does eventually create weaker people over time. 
You know, I, you, you could actually anybody who has a real duty in life, you're not thinking about every granular bit of friction, scabs or cuts all the time. If you have a purpose, if you have something greater, you know, that is that is the that is the superpower in of itself versus somebody who let's say, by the way, I say this with complete, you know, transparency here. I am on social media platforms for the sake of the show, but for for me, I have clear cutoffs when I'm done with that. And you kind of see people get into the spiral. Who's saying what about me? Who's liking? Who's making comments? I will say this. I don't even know really all the comments or likes out there. Um, I do see some that come up at the top of my feed, but I never think when I'm bored, you know, let me go see, you know, what's going on. So to say, you know, I, I think if we're able to think more civically, as you've all said, think outside of ourselves. In fact, take on more responsibility. I think we can actually transform ourselves. And I think we will actually impress ourselves with how much we can actually do, how much of a difference we can actually make. And, you know, from what you're doing with your, with your, um, with your project and with your NFT collection, celebrating this symbolism in, image, in imagery goes to the soul of people. And I will say, I don't think it helps a society doesn't matter where you are politically if you are constantly tearing down your society at the same time, too. You know, every society, every kingdom, every country has a bloody history that they're not proud of. Nobody is innocent. No country is innocent. First world superpowers, third and fourth world. Every country has a history. But if you want to create better people, better, stronger people, this kind of goes to what you're creating here is that you have to you have to remind people this is who we are at the end of the day we're better than this we can do it you know so to say and uh you know being a huge history buff there is so much nuance it's almost very unfair to characterize certain things the way that they have you know been been characterized and it doesn't do any any good for kids. I, like I said, I'm a father as well. So it doesn't do any good, for, in my opinion, for a child. If they go to school and all they learn is just the negative and, you know, the, almost the very gruesome, um, you know, uh, reprehensible, you know, parts of, parts of history, I don't think you're going to create well-adjusted people by, by orienting them from the start to hate themselves, you know, to hate their language, that, you know, to hate their, you know, to hate their country. And by the way, you know, there's plenty of, you know, bigots and racists out there, assholes, you know, they, you know, those people, you know, end up taking care of themselves in the end. And they're of no good to anybody else. And I think most people can see that coming from, from a mile away. But, you know, here in the United States, you know, the manufacturing base and many of the other things that have, you know, have been accomplished, you know, these were by people who were aspiring and punching above their weight and expanding themselves beyond their current, you know, state in, in life. You know, these weren't people just obsessing about these nonsense things like all the time. These are people with purpose. And I think if we're able to celebrate what you're doing with the, with, you know, with your NFT collection, bringing back, you know, these kind of symbols, you know, these are also the things that give people purpose. These people, this gives people direction. And I think if, if you tear down everything in society and you leave people without a direction, you leave people with a void inside. Children, teenagers, adults. It is equally destructive among ages, genders, everything. I think a celebration of these things, this is going to be the fire that brings back people. They can, they can draw from that, you know, versus let's say, oh, you know, uh, you know, uh, society sucks our history sucks you know it, it, you know it, it doesn't do any any good to create people who are doing self-flagellation psychologically and emotionally you know so i really do appreciate what you all are doing with this project and i'm very much looking forward to seeing you know all the progress and all the milestones being you know exceeded in the near future so i just wanted to you know warmly say it was an absolute pleasure having all of you on the show today and, and it's very refreshing to see an NFT uh, collection that is, uh, you know, dedicated and oriented towards something that is not status quo at all, actually. This is something you could say deeply philosophical, deeply emotional, 
this is you, you can almost say this is this is deeply uh, spiritual. In fact, you know, so I'm very very curious and I'm very excited to see all the you know the future success you know in you know coming up in the near future. And uh, certainly, I'll have to start building up my NFT collection as well. And I think perhaps I'll, I'll start with you guys. All right, we'll, we'll send you the link. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Adam, can I mention the link if anybody wants to just go see what please we're do. doing? Please do. Yeah, please do. It's Wendell, W-E-N-D-E-L-L, August.com. Wendell, August is the month.com slash NFT. And awesome. just, just go see what we're talking about. You'll see the three-dimensionality. But again, what you'll see is an American manufacturer pushing, manufacturer pushing the envelope, innovating, taking risks to pursue opportunity, to grow an, uh, an employment base, to provide opportunities for employees, and to help educate other people in the future of our digital world. WendellAugust.com front slash NFT if you want to see more about what we're doing. Beautifully put. And, and, one, and this is one hell of a great episode. Thank you all for coming on today. And, uh, you know, sharing your time and, you know, sharing your insights uh, on this, on this project. Thanks so very, much. Very Adam. Thank, Thank you for having us, Adam. We appreciate Thank it. You. Thanks, Adam. Thank you. Take care. Bye. Bye.